0: Hello! Welcome, everybody! My name's MJ, and you're listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. As usual, I'd like to give a quick shout-out before I begin to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. On today's episode of the podcast, I'd like to talk about some personal project that I've been working on ever since the beginning of 2021, and that is an EDH play log. The EDH play log that I have developed in Microsoft Excel is a game-by-game account of my finishes across all the Commander games that I have played throughout the year 2021. This includes the date the Commander played, the ranking that I finished with at the end of the game as far as did I win, did I come in fourth, etc., any ties, any interesting notes from the game, any tidbits, useful information, plays I want to remember, or just basic I died, uh, notes about games, as well as the number of players and the game group that I was playing as part of. And I have been able to utilize a pivot table in Excel to be able to see how all of my commanders have performed throughout the year in regards to winning games, or conversely, not winning games. And I wanted to talk for this sheet a little bit today, or I wanted to talk about the sheet a little bit today, because I think it's actually really useful and it's helped me become, I think, a better player for my play group. So I began this, this project at the beginning of the year because I wanted to see how I was doing within my playgroup. Obviously, you know, the fact that I play in the same playgroup all the time could, is not necessarily an indicator of how well I would do against other players, even from my LGS or over Discord. And I wanted to really see how my decks were doing and be able to quantify this. I guess I'm interested in seeing stats, So I wanted to see how often my decks were winning and with what decks I was winning with. So I decided to start this project to try to log every single game of Commander, two to four players or more players that I have played thus far in 2021. So I wanted to make sure that I understood what day I played, the Commander deck that I played, and how I finished the game, what my ranking was at the end of the game because I had a feeling in my playgroup that I was winning an awful lot, more than the standard 25% that I would expect to win for a four-player game. So I wanted to see, were there any specific decks that were doing better than others, any that were doing worse than others? So that was my thesis going into this project. And what I've learned throughout completing this, this project is I actually win a lot more than I think. But also, I don't win... An awful lot. Obviously, that since we do play Commander, since this is EDH, and we're not necessarily all looking for trying to win as many games as possible, the fact that I've actually won a lot more games than I expect in my playgroup, I guess, concerns me a little bit that maybe the decks I'm playing in my playgroup are a little bit too strong for the overall pod. So, again, without going into specifics, where I stand right now at the end of June, so roughly halfway through the year, I have a complete listing of all the Commander decks that I've played this year, as well as the number of games that I've won with them versus games where I haven't won with them. And I can see right now, looking at the list, that I have a couple of Commanders who have won quite a few games on their own. Honestly, a few that have dominated almost every game in my playgroup that they have been in. And... While those decks have not necessarily been built overly powerful, again, one of the decks that's included in this list is actually my ultra-budget deck that I don't bring out all that often. But the fact that I have decks that are dominating the playgroup this much to the point where I've won every single game with them in 2021 has really got me wondering if those decks are necessarily healthy for my playgroup. Obviously, I want to make sure that my local playgroup has a very healthy meta. Obviously, some of us like to optimize our decks, We like to utilize combat-based games or similar strategies, maybe some mill. We get a lot of Voltron strategies in our decks, between our decks. We like building new decks. I, for one, love building new decks. But a couple of the other players, including Ryan, my my co-host from the Control Room series, have also built a lot of decks over the last year, year and a half. And the fact that some of these decks have been so dominant as the fact that I seem to almost always or always win Every game that I play with that deck has got me thinking every time I play with my local playgroup, should I go back to this deck? Have the few victories that I've gotten with this deck, are they an outlier? Did that have something to do with pilot skill? Or does that have something to do with the deck maybe not being the best for my playgroup? Obviously, I would still like to win. We are playing to win the game, ultimately. But my goal when I sit down at the table isn't necessarily to just ruthlessly crush my competition. I'm trying to at least be able to do what my deck is trying to do, and if I win, great. If I don't, sure, you'd like to win, but you know you're not going to win all that often. So when I look at these results, it just makes me wonder, are these decks more powerful than I should have for my playgroup? Should I try to take some pieces out that might make them a little bit more accessible for my opponents? Or is this just a random factor of maybe I just had better draws that game or just that the deck just seems to work really well and I've just had a lot of luck? I don't know. But really, the lesson that I've learned out of keeping an EDH play log is not really about the wins and losses. It's honestly just about seeing how my different decks do against different playgroups. Again, I'm not only playing against my normal playgroup. I am playing against a lot of different people on various game streams. And I've been on quite a few game streams over the past six months. So I've been playing against a lot of different people, as well as just a lot of different discords, a lot of different decks I've faced off against. And while my EDH play log does not show who won the game or what decks I was facing off against, the fact that I can break down the performance of my decks and really look and see where my decks did well and where my decks didn't do well really has allowed me to try to better tailor the decks that I run against my local play group because I have all of this quantitative information. So, you'll take some of my most powerful decks, which I don't necessarily play an awful lot, and you'll see that their win percentages are not extremely high. For, in- for instance, I've played my Layla Artful Provocateur deck four times this year. This is the de- this is one of the decks that I consider to be one of my strongest decks that I have in my collection, because it has a lot of good artifact synergies and expert colors. However, when you look at the performance of my Leila deck throughout the year you'll find that I've only won one game with it. And out of four games, that's right back your 25%. Now, if you take a look at one of my more popular decks, this being my Karn Silver Golem deck, I've played 10 games of that thus this far th- this year, and I have won three games. So I've won about 30% of my games with that deck. I do consider that to be a very healthy deck, because again, while I am trying to make my decks solid and playable, I'm not trying to super optimize, and this has just been a conscious choice that I've tried to make, not only for the play group, but just because I really enjoy playing janky battle cruiser decks. That's just the way I like playing. Not slamming anyone for playing anything differently or wanting to play anything differently. I'm just saying the way I do like playing is janky battle cruiser. Combat, grindy combat focused games are what I personally enjoy. So the fact that my Karn deck has won 30% of the games that it's played in is right about where it should be, all things considered, given the fact that there are some serious issues with playing in Colorless. However, when you do start looking at some of my more powerful decks, or at least the ones that have done better, you start ending up with some outliers like my Rashmi Attorneys Crafter deck, which has won five games out of eight that it has participated in, with one of those being a no contest because the game actually never got to finish. So if we want to look at it that way, it's won five out of the seven completed games that it has participated in. So I want to think about this now that I'm looking at that number and think what about that deck makes it really good. So that deck is not really the Rashmi deck that a lot of people think about with a lot of really fast instant sorceries. I actually kind of have a nice mono-green stompy theory going on there, or, you know, at least Simic stompy going on there with a lot of very large creatures. Because, again, I just like being able to cast a whole lot of large creatures, and Rashmi's ability allows me to be able to play at instant speed more than other commanders in that vein. However... It does make me wonder, is this deck too powerful for my playgroup, even if it's not the quote-unquote optimized Rashmi deck? Is there something about my deck that is too powerful for my playgroup, and maybe if it makes me reconsider playing that deck, is that necessarily what I should be doing? Should I try to convince myself not to play that deck against my playgroup? And again, this goes back to a lot of the discourse that a lot of creators like myself have been going on forever since EDH began as a format is do you try to work with your playgroup so you try to bring the power level of your decks down, or do you just not worry about in this case? And the answer for this is I will probably try to not play Rashmi as much. It's something where I want to make sure everyone at my table is able to do what they want and have fun. I know I'm not going to win most games, so the fact that my Rashmi deck has just done really well seems to indicate to me that it may be a little bit too powerful for my playgroup, and that's something that I can easily change. I just won't play it as much, or I can ask my playgroup to maybe potentially play more powerful decks against it. These are just things that I could potentially do going forward to make a change with that deck. Because again, I don't want to always be winning every game against my playgroup because that's really not, in my opinion, a very conducive way to keep a playgroup going. I want to make sure that everyone in the playgroup is able to play and have fun. That's the ultimate goal of Commander. That's the goal of Magic the Gathering. And I want to make sure that having fun is prioritized over winning every time. So when I keep looking down the rest of the list here, I do have a couple of other decks that have had very good win percentages, and these are also decks that I don't bring out an awful lot against my play group because I feel like they don't necessarily have the most fun things to deal with. It's a little bit hard to interact with them. And in a play group that's filled with a lot of interaction, a lot of board wipes, I want to make sure that my opponents are not feeling like, hey, they have to kill me first. I don't want to be the arch enemy. I want to just make sure that I'm one of four players and we're all coming at this and trying to have fun. I want to make sure that we're not targeting someone right out of the gate because we're afraid of what their deck is going to do. I want to make sure that we're trying to keep our decks balanced. And the, the fact that I've had this EDH play log all year has allowed me to begin to change some of my patterns regarding what decks I would go to versus what I think is more powerful. So if I wanted to go with a more powerful deck, I will go with my Alayla deck. But if my opponents, if my playgroup opponents, are playing mid-power, mid lower-power decks, I'm not going to play Alayla. That's just not something I'm going to do because I might win. But if I annoy someone else in my playgroup, by playing a much higher-powered deck than they were, well, that's not very conducive to a healthy play group. So I'll instead maybe go to Karn. I'll maybe go to my Kothafed Soul Horde deck, which is done quite well in the games it is played in, but honestly is not high-powered at all. I've made a lot of strategic choices in that deck to try to lower the power level while still being synergistic to ensure not only that I'm able to itch some of my weirder impulses as a Brewer, but also just to make sure that it's not overbearingly powerful, I could stack that deck with a lot of great packs, style effects, dictative airboats, things like that. And I'm not going to do that. I want to make sure that the battle cruiser games that we play are fun and not overly, not overly locking. I've I've locked our play group in, or at least had soft locks several times, and I in in previous games. And I feel very terrible about that when I do because. I realize that I, as a player, don't like it when that happens to me, so I'm not going to subject my playgroup to doing that. Or, su- or subject my playgroup into having to deal with a situation where they can't keep creatures out on the battlefield, whereas I can. That's not necessarily something we like in our playgroup. We don't play stacks, strategies for this reason, and we just want to make sure everyone has a fun time to be able to play their creatures and do their thing. That's just what we do in our playgroup. group. not saying anything about anything else. That's just how our playgroup likes likes to play, and that's really is... Uh, help me develop how I enjoy how I'm playing as a player. Now obviously things can be very different when you go online or you have another play group, go to your LGS, etc, etc. And this is why again, I'm going to make this very, very clear. Rule zero is extremely important. I play my decks in a certain way. If you've ever had the opportunity to be able to play with me or even if you want to play with me at some point, you're basically knowing what you're gonna get from me. I'm gonna at some point I really want to talk about, how I build my decks, the philosophy I use for building my personal EDH decks uh, on a later podcast episode. But if you haven't had the opportunity to, to play with me, I, again, love battle cruiser games. I love combat strategies. Again, I don't always win through combat, but I do enjoy turning creatures sideways. It's how I learned how to play Magic, and it's what I really enjoy is just having creatures, pumping them, attacking. And I do prefer playing that way, though I understand that that's not the favorite strategy of a lot of other players, so that's why I do develop different strategies, I do try to power up my decks, I do have a couple more optimized decks that I will use at higher powered tables, and again, these are not necessarily high powered, I'm going to try to win five turns there, I'm going to try to at least match more of what you're doing by having more optimized card choices in there. So I will bump some of those decks up based on who I'm playing against. But I do really prefer to play Battlecruiser. And when I do eventually start returning to play with people I don't know or don't know very well, I'm definitely gonna have to have the rule zero conversation saying that here's how my here's how my decks work, here's what they're trying to do, and can I play in this group or can you bring your decks down or should I bring my deck power up? These are things that are are gonna honestly be very challenging going forward now that we're leaving the COVID times. And you're going to potentially start going back to playing your LGS, finding new people online. And having this EDH play log has allowed me to really not only understand my decks better, but also has allowed me to to basically understand how I play and really be able to get some better ideas of how my decks do so that I can get a more useful evaluation of how good, quote-unquote, my decks are again, these decks are not all necessarily meant to be optimized. They're not meant to be terrible pre-con either. And again, that's not to say pre-cons are bad. I have played pre-cons. They're very solid. I'm just saying that a lot of my decks, I'm trying to bring up a little bit from the pre-cons. Obviously, I'm trying to add a little bit more synergy, a little bit more power, but I love the concept of the pre-con. I love the fact that you can just get the pre-con out, you can play it as is, and just have fun with it. That's how my Alibo Ancient Witness began. I just took the Lorehold Legacies Commander deck out of the box. Played it, won a game. Had a lot of fun doing that. I decided to build around Alibo, make a little bit more synergistic deck, but keeping the same tenets that I had before out of the pre-con, and it's a very fun deck to play because of that. It, it stays true to what the pre-con did, while also allowing me to go a little bit more in the direction that Alibo wanted to go versus Oscar, and that's fine. Uh, so again, just because people play pre-cons is not a bad thing. I want to make that very, very clear here, is that the power level discussion needs to be had before every game. And again, we we go on about, quote-unquote, power level in a lot of ways in the discourse. The EDH play log that I have developed has allowed me to really see more quantitatively where my decks fall on a power level in regards to my play group, and also just in regards to other games, than any kind of scale I could really see online. I think that once you really start to understand what your decks do, the more games you play, the more you really start to get a feel for how well your decks play. And the ADH log that I've developed has definitely allowed me to do that, while also allowing me to really remember a lot of awesome bits about games that I've played. There's a lot of notes in here about some of the really cool things I did. About the time I used Cursed Mirror to copy Alibo, which unfortunately uh, doesn't work because of Legendary Rule well, I didn't remember that, or the time I paid 24 life in the Necropotence to try to find a board wipe, didn't find a board wipe, and, you know, just funny things like that where I want to remember how these games go because, again, EDH for me is about remembering the games that you have played. It's why I put a lot of weird cards in my deck that are not optimized. I just want to make sure that I have a good experience and I can remember, hey, I remember that game five months ago where I really had this one cool thing happen. Hooray! And... That's really why I play EDH, is to be able to have those moments, to be able to have fun with friends and with new people in a shared communal experience without feeling like I need to push my competitive level up a notch. I can. Obviously, I want to try to win. If I can, I'm going to play to win, but I also really just want to play. So that's what the EDH log has allowed me to do, is be able to try to make sure that I'm playing my decks fairly, allow myself to give give the new decks a try while also letting some of my other decks get a chance, but also just to see if any of the decks I'm playing are getting impressive in my playgroup and try to change my strategies around that so that everyone in my playgroup has a chance to be able to play the game. If you liked what you've heard today, you can find me on Twitter at, at MTG and Quarantine. You can also find me on you can also find the back catalog of this podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, MTGcast, Player FM, and many other podcast outlets. Again, you've been listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.